Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey folks, Sam Whitfield here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report, you can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. God bless. And greetings to you, podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Whitfield Report. Well, you know why you're here this week. I know why I'm here this week. Judge Kavanaugh was forced through what I believe was one of the most heinous political circuses that I have witnessed that I've witnessed in my lifetime. In my short 23 year lifetime. It was appalling. Honestly, and in this week's episode, I'm going to be 
breaking down each and every aspect of the hearing to the best of my ability, I'm going to talk about why I believe this was an effort to derail Kavanaugh's confirmation. I'm going to be discussing why I do have sympathy for Christine Ford and why I think she was a victim in her own way. And I'm going to talk about what this means for the future of American politics and more specifically what this means going forward with the election. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and please share this with a friend. Thank you and I hope you enjoyed the show. And we are live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of the Whitfield Report. I'm your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC Studios here in Southern Florida. And, uh, of course, let's do contact info, although if you're a regular listener of the show, you should know how to reach me by now. But nonetheless, for any potential new viewers out there, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SMW underscore NDC, hashtag Whitfield Report. You can um, follow me on Gab at Sam Whitfield. You can uh, go to my website at thesamwhitfield.com where you'll find, uh, you know, pretty much everything, part Tending to uh, me and my columns in this podcast, facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. And uh, if you if you would like, you can participate in our live YouTube chat by going to the YouTube uh, channel for the Whitfield Report and uh, signing up there. Hello to you too, Mr. Eskew. And you indeed yourself are a very sexy man. Speaking of, uh, you know, sexy men, sexy women, hell, sex is pretty much all that's been in the in the uh, news this week, or at least allegations of quote-unquote sexual assault. Let's be honest, folks. You know why you're here this week. I know why you're here this week. I know why I'm here this week. The deep state, like or not, has tried to intimidate and, uh, you know, pretty much derail Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the, to the Supreme Court. I, that's pretty much what happened in a nutshell, in my eyes and in the eyes of millions of other Americans who were paying attention, both men and women, I know, have said that, by the way. Let me be clear, I do believe that something did indeed happen uh, to, uh, let me say this, I do believe that something indeed happened to uh, Christine uh, Blase Ford when she was a teenager, but I do not believe that Kavanaugh was the one, uh, you know, responsible for the incident. I think that something did happen to her, and 
and Kavanaugh was just to fill in the blank uh, for her. And uh, I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, you know, why I think this was entirely politically motivated. But uh, this show is going to be mostly clips tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I not going to play the whole entire hearing, honestly. It was, it was an eight-hour shit show. And I was only able to watch, uh, you know... Of maybe 30 minutes of Ford's testimony. I was able to watch most of Kavanaugh's testimony. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, well, Brian, I, I, I did forget to wear pants. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing, uh, cargo shorts today so uh-huh yeah no but uh so listen i'm gonna go through these uh various clips lindsey graham had a uh, had a gold mine comment here and uh i i'll, I'll save that more towards then because it's it's worth uh you know, it's it's worth saving Lindsey Graham's comment for the end. It, it gave me it gave me almost a uh, a political erection. If you if you want my honest uh, opinion, Lindsey Graham's comment. I I almost splooged when I uh, saw it. It was that good. Anyway, though, we've got to wade through the. Uh, the testimony and the train wreck that is Christine Blasey Ford. So let me get this queued up real fast. I'll skip around a bit and uh, give commentary. It's it's 19 minutes, and well, we don't have 19 minutes. All right. Uh, this is clip number one. Uh. Blase Ford's opening statement at the Kavanaugh hearing. Cut number one. Uh, roll the tape. Yeah. You, you. Kavanaugh and I were in high school. I have described the events publicly before. I summarized them in my letter to ranking member Feinstein and again in a letter to Chairman Grassley. I understand and appreciate the importance of your hearing from me directly about what happened to me and the impact that it has had on my life and on my family. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I attended the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland from 1978 to 1984. Holton Arms is an all-girls school that opened in 1901. During my time at the school, Girls at Holton Arms frequently met and became friendly with boys from all boys' schools in the area, including the Landon School, Georgetown Prep, Gonzaga High School, as well as our country clubs and other places where kids and families socialized. This is how I met Brett Kavanaugh, the boy who sexually assaulted me. During my freshman and sophomore school years, 
when I was 14 and 15 years old. My group of friends intersected with Brett and his friends for a short period of time. I had been friendly with a classmate of Brett's for a short time during my freshman and sophomore year. And it was through that connection that I attended a number of parties that Brett also attended. We did not know each other well, but I knew him and he knew me. In the summer of 1982, like most summers, I spent most every day at the Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, swimming and practicing diving. One evening that summer, after a day of diving at the club, I attended a small gathering at a house in the Bethesda area. There were four boys I remember specifically being at the house. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. I also remember my friend Leland attending. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur-of-the-moment gathering. I tr- Okay, now, pause there real quick. All right. If she was sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh, right? I I don't know about you. I know women who have been sexually abused. I know men who have been sexually abused. They can recount every detail of the incident. They can recount everything. So, in, including the events leading up to it, and the aftermath. So, so this whole thing of, I, I don't remember where it was at, or the, the details, or where the, the party was. That right there is a red flag. I wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. Okay, so she doesn't know, she doesn't remember how she got to the party or even where it was at. So any investigation, any, in, any investigation, right, if... If an incident like, th if this were taken to the police, they would ask, okay, where did this happen? Then they would, then if she, if she knew, they, they would send a, a crime scene team and detectives and whatnot. I, I'm, I'm not the forensic files guy. That's, uh, that's my friend Dan Sandini. But yeah, yeah, Brian, you're 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 absolutely you're absolutely right. She she's she's on. Maybe not about being sexually assault. Maybe not being sexually assaulted. But definitely about the party and the events surrounding it. I don't have all the answers, and I don't remember as much as I would like to. Hands over my body and grind beer in a small Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, 
and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. I also remember my friend Leland attending. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur-of-the-moment gathering. I truly wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. I don't have all the answers, and I don't remember as much as I would like to. But the details that about that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. When I got to the small gathering, people were drinking beer in a small living room, family room type area on the first floor of the house. I drank one beer. Okay, pause. Nick Topolo brought this up on his podcast on Thursday. Very good observation, and I'll bring this up too. So she can remember that she drank beer 36 years ago at this party, but she can't remember where the party w was at, what time of it, what time of the week it was at, whether or not it was planned or impromptu. There are already holes in her story, and we're only five minutes and three seconds in, into this clip. Granted, I've been, you know, I've been skipping around a bit, but still. She can remember she drank one beer, but she can't, she can't remember, remember any other details about the party and Mark were visibly drunk. Early in the evening, I went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor to use the... Are you sure you were sober yourself? I mean, you know, you you can you can say all you want that they were drunk, but if, but if you were, you know, if you were drinking beer yourself, how do you how do you know what your state of mind was versus what their state of mind was? When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. I couldn't see who pushed me. Brett What's very odd about this too is Okay, if this were a two-story house, wouldn't there be a bathroom on the bottom floor, too? Doesn't it make sense that she would use the downstairs bathroom? Okay, yeah, I get that maybe if you've been drinking, that, you know, maybe you need to piss real bad. And, uh, you know, so you're, you're gonna... But still, there was no... There was no downstairs bathroom at all, and this was supposedly a nice, you know, part of Washington D.C. too. It's not like she went to the party to a party in the ghetto. And Mark came into the bedroom and locked the door behind them. There was music playing in the bedroom. It was turned up louder by either Brett or Mark once we were in the room. 
I was pushed onto the bed, and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. Okay, wait. So if you were on your back, how do you know that it was Brett and not and not the other and not the other guy? If if you were if you were face down. Just asking questions here, folks. Yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe. It was so impactful. It, it must have been... Jeez, folks. It was so impactful that she waited 36 years to come out about that story. Okay, if I was the victim of a sexual assault, I would be going to cops at the very latest the next day. I wouldn't be waiting 36 years or hell, even a year after the event to come out, to come out. And I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Both Brett and Mark were drunkenly laughing during the attack. They seemed to be having a very good time. Mark seemed ambivalent, at times urging Brett on, and at times telling him to stop. A couple of times I made eye contact with Mark and thought he might try to help me, but he did not. During this assault, Mark came over and jumped on the bed twice while Brett was on top of me. And the last time that he did this, we toppled over and Brett was no longer on top of me. I was able to get up and run out of the room. Directly across from the bedroom was a small bathroom. I ran inside the bathroom and locked the door. I waited until I heard Brett and Mark leave the bedroom, laughing, and loudly walk down the narrow stairway, pinballing off the walls on the way down. I waited, and when I did not hear them come back up the stairs, I left the bathroom, went down the same stairwell, through the living room, and left the house. I remember being on the street and feeling an enormous sense of relief that I had escaped that house and that Brett and Mark were not coming outside after me. Again, she was so relieved that she failed to report her sexual assault to the cops. She failed to tell anyone about it who could do anything about it for 36 years. So... Maybe she was sexually assaulted at some point in her life. 
And I believe, based on her expression, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that at some point in her life, she was sexually assaulted. You can just see it by her demeanor. But why I don't buy is that Brett Kavanaugh or anyone at that party did it. I, I just... There's... There is no evidence whatsoever. The other thing I don't necessarily uh, the necess- the other thing that kind of drives me crazy. And for those of you uh, listening on the audio version of the podcast, uh, you obviously can't, you know, see this. But the one thing that has struck me odd, someone pointed this out to me, and at first I didn't catch it, but. She's, if you was, if you were listening to this on the radio, or like in a podcast, or something, as I was on Thursday, um, you would think that she was crying, right? That's how her voice sounds. Yet, there are no tears in her eyes. Her glasses aren't even fogging up even a little, at least not that I can visibly see. Her eyes aren't red at all. She's, I don't want to say she's fake. I don't want to say she's fake crying, but she's not fully crying either. Alright, let's, uh, there's, there's one more part of this I want to get to, and then, uh, and then I have another I have an article about her that I want to share with you which uh, at least in my mind explains why uh, she decided to to deal why she was chosen for this Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life for a very long time I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I at age 15 was in a house without any parents present drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. Over the years, I told very, very... Okay, and that... I can understand as a, as a, as a teenage, as a teenage girl, look, as a teenager period, you do something, you do pretty stupid shit when you're a teenager. I know I certainly did. I can, I can understand, you know, not wanting to tell your parents certain stuff when you're a, a teenager on high, in high school. I, I get that part. But, again, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a supposed sexual assault here. And, uh, you know, that, that I would. And maybe it's just because I have a good moral compass and maybe, I, maybe it's because I have parents who raise me with a good head on my shoulders. But, uh, you know, that type of shit you don't wait 
to tell people. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, we, uh, well, yeah, we've done we've done stupid stuff as, as an adult, as a, adults too, and yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know you have, I know you have, Brian, but uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, point being, uh, you know, in regards to the whole, I was embarrassed. I get it as a teenager, but you don't wait 36 years to report this type of stuff. That's the point. You friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific... And, uh, my first question, if I were her husband, is, uh, you know, or fiancé at the time was, why didn't you report it? Uh, that, that would send red flags to me if I were her fiancé or, or, or spouse. That would send big red flags. Sorry, it may sound cruel, but it's, it's true. Details until May 2012 during a couples counseling session. The reason this came up in counseling is that my husband and I had completed a very extensive, very long remodel of our home, and I insisted on a second front door, an idea that he and others disagreed with and could not understand. In explaining why I wanted a second front door, I began to describe the assault in detail. I recall saying that the boy... Okay, this has nothing to do with, uh, you know, this has nothing to do with the, the assault. And by the way, even, even so, I would be like, yeah, even... What, what's a front door... What is a front door going to do to protect you from a sexual from a sexual assault like this of someone you you know anyway which again they didn't even know each other so you know this whole thing is just a is just a uh, complete clusterfuck on hand okay um Alright, so, in doing research for this show, I, uh, I found some stuff on Christine Blasey Ford, which may, which may explain why she conveniently came forward two weeks before this, uh, you know, or a week before Kavanaugh was supposed to uh, be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. This is something that no one in the mainstream media has talked about, obviously. But it goes towards uh, something I've railed against for a long time, which is Big Pharma and uh, the pharmaceutical industry and the abortion industry as well. This uh, headline is from naturalnews.com. I found this uh, about a week ago. Uh, special thanks to my stepdad for actually sending me this link. 
AM. Headline. Kavanaugh accuser Christine Blasey Ford exposed for ties to Big Pharma abortion pillmaker. Effort to derail Kavanaugh is plot to protect abortion industry profits. This Now this article came was written on uh, September 20th, 2018 by Mike Adams. Okay. Kavanaugh accuser Christine Blase Ford, who claims without any evidence that Kavanaugh inappropriately touched her at a drunken party while in high school, turns out to have ties to an abortion pill pharmaceutical company called Corsept Therapeutics. This discovery brings to light an obvious conflict of interest in Blase's story, revealing that she works for a pharmaceutical company that manufactures an abortion pill drug whose profits could be strongly impacted by future Supreme Court decisions on abortion and rights. Uh, Corsept uh, Therapeutics manufactures and markets an abortion pill called uh, Mephiprostine. Yeah, something impronounceable. Um, and Christine Bosley Ford is a co-author of at least eight published scientific papers produced by the pharmaceutical giants to promote its pills. Uh, link to the article. Uh, Corsept Therapeutics, Inc., a $166 billion market cap company, reportedly has current annual sales of $216 million. The company offers just one drug, which is, right, which is widely known as a quote-unquote abortion pill. Many drugs have multiple uses, and something-something, uh, brand named something else, is currently marketed by the company for treatment of Cushing's syndrome. Uh, okay. Like all FDA approved drugs, uh, something, something, something is frequently prescribed off label, meaning doctors prescribe it for conditions that has never been approved to, to treat. It is well known throughout the medical industry that doctors routinely prescribe this drug to terminate unwanted pregnancies. It is co-abortion drugs, in other words. If CAFNA were to be confirmed on the U.S. Supreme Court and be part of the decision that overturns Roe v. Wade, it would make prescribing the prescribing of Corsip's drug for the abortion illegal directly impacting the bottom line profits of the company for which Christine Blasey Ford works. Uh, let's see. Okay, so... I'll, I'll link to this article. The, uh... The rest of the... The rest of this article uh, goes on to basically dissect the, um, basically goes on to dissect the study and, um, the various, uh, 
dealings of this pharmaceutical company and their stock value and all of that, which is very uh, informative and actually interesting to read um, if you're into business and the stock market and, you know, corporate news and whatnot. But bottom line, Ford's testimony, to me, seems like a bought-and-paid backroom di deal out of House of Cards, right? You, uh, you know, you you testify that Brett Kavanaugh raped you, and, uh, you know, we'll make sure he doesn't get to the Supreme Court. That way your, uh, your company is safe. Oh, and by the way, that means, uh, you can throw us some more campaign money for, uh, Democrat interests. So, her whole testimony is basically a bought and paid for, uh, you know, inside deal among, among politicians. It, it's political power brokering. The, uh, one of the oldest stories in politics, the cooperation of, uh, big pharma and, uh, you know, politicians scratching each other's back. So that's mo that's her motivation. Um, of course, the mainstream media won't uh, cover this. But it's important to know that, that I believe that this is her real motive for coming out against Kavanaugh. Okay, now... That we've had that we've had to deal with the crappy uh, part. Let's deal with the fun part. Let's deal with the uh, with Mr. Kavanaugh, shall we? Who I have to admit that when I uh, first well, let, let me be honest. But prior to this uh, hearing coming out, I I knew that Kavanaugh was one of the. Uh, nominees. I didn't know much about him. I, uh, I knew he was part of the, uh, was part of the Bush administration. I knew that he was on the appellate court in Washington, D.C., which was very high up. I, I, I figured he was another judge with, uh, you know, who was pretty run-of-the-mill Republican. Um, I was, I have to admit, I was kind of skeptical of him uh, being a full-on Make America Great Again type judge because he, w he was in the Bush administration. I figured he would be like a moderate Republican at best. But uh, I think that this hearing, the one good thing to come out about him, about this, is he has basically gone through a baptism by fire and has been red-pilled by this um, event and red-pilled hard. His uh, testimony is 46 minutes long and I'll skip through some of, it, some of it, but his opening testimony alone is incredible, especially when he gets to the part talking about the deep state is actively working against him. Uh, this is clip number two of Kavanaugh's, uh, well, containing uh, Kavanaugh's opening statement at the 
uh, hearing, or as I like to call it, the political shit show on Thursday. Uh, roll the tape. Cut number two. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Feinstein, members of the committee, thank you for allowing me to make my statement. I wrote it myself yesterday afternoon and evening. No one has seen a draft or it except for one of my former law clerks. This is my statement. Less than two weeks ago, Dr. Ford publicly accused me of committing wrongdoing at an event more than 36 years ago when we were both in high school. I denied the allegation immediately, categorically, and unequivocally. All four people allegedly at the event, including Dr. Ford's longtime friend, Ms. Kaiser, have said they recall no such event. Her longtime friend, Ms. Kaiser, said under penalty of felony that she does not know me and does not believe she ever saw me at a party ever. Here is the quote from Ms. Kaiser's attorney's letter. Quote, simply put, Ms. Kaiser does not know Mr. Kavanaugh, and she has no recollection of ever being at a party or gathering where he was present with or without Dr. Ford. End quote. Think about that fact. The day after the allegation appeared, I told this committee that I wanted a hearing as soon as possible to clear my name. I demanded a hearing for the very next day. Unfortunately, it took the committee 10 days to get to this hearing. In those 10 long days, as was predictable, and as I predicted, my family and my name have been totally and permanently destroyed <coughs> by vicious and false additional accusations. The 10-day delay has been harmful to me and my family, to the Supreme Court, and to the country. When this allegation first arose, I welcomed any kind of investigation, Senate, FBI or otherwise. The committee now has conducted a thorough investigation and I've cooperated fully. I know yep. that any kind of investigation, Senate, FBI, Montgomery County Police, whatever, will clear me. Listen to the people I know. Listen to the people who have known me my whole life. Listen. All right, I've got to inject some commentary here, if nothing else, for the fact that uh, I don't want YouTube to uh, kick me off. But, uh, you know, right, right there, the, media's, the media has said since then, Friday and parts of today, this is Saturday when I'm live streaming this show, they have said that Kavanaugh's entire... Uh, you know, demeanor and state of anger and rage is uh, unbecoming of a Supreme Court justice. How would you feel if you were accused of something that you didn't do? Well, Brian, one of our viewers, he, he kind of knows 
out of all out of all is in the savage the sam's savages community he knows uh what it's like to be you know character assassinated or you know pretty close to that kavanaugh's rage is completely uh justifiable and the fact that the media is saying that you know his behavior is unbecoming of a supreme court justice they're still human even uh what's her name bader ginsburg i have to say i was surprised but she uh even she in an in a recent interview uh, i don't have the clip but she said that this was even like becoming a bit of a witch hunt and that kavanaugh deserved to be heard listen to the people i've grown up with and worked with and played with and coached with and dated and taught and gone to games with and had beers with and listen to the witnesses who allegedly were at this event 36 years ago listen to miss threat against my family to send any violent email to my wife to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends to blow me up and take me down. You sowed the wind for decades to come. I've been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family, to send any violent offenses will be with us for decades. You sowed the wind for decades to come, I fear that the whole country will reap the whirlwind. The behavior feuded to her or and destroy my family will not drive me out. The vile threats of violence against my family will not drive me out. You may defeat me in the final vote, but you'll never get me to quit. Never. He is dressing the deep state here, ladies and gentlemen, or at least starting to. He is making a very bold statement. He was on uh, Martha McCollum's show, and a lot of people thought that he was timid on that show. This is why he didn't say anything on the on Martha McCollum's show. He wanted to save the big guns for this uh, hearing. I'm here today to tell the truth. I've never sexually assaulted anyone, not in high school, not in college, not ever. Sexual assault is horrific. One of my closest friends to this day is a woman who was sexually abused and who in the 1990s when we were in our 30s confided in me about the abuse and sought my advice. I was one of the only people she consulted. Allegations of sexual assault must always be taken seriously, always. Those who make allegations always deserve to be heard. At the same time, the person who is the subject of the allegations also deserves to be heard. Due process is a foundation of the American rule of law. Due process means listening to both sides. As I told you at my hearing three weeks ago, I'm the only child of Martha and Ed Cavanaugh. They are here today. 
When I was 10, my mom went to law school, and as a lawyer, she worked hard and overcame barriers, including the workplace sexual harassment that so many women faced at the time and still face today. She became a trailblazer, one of Maryland's earliest women prosecutors and trial judges. She and my dad taught me the importance of equality and respect for all people, and she inspired me to be a lawyer and a judge. Last time I was here, I told you that when my mom was a prosecutor and I was in high school, she used to practice her closing arguments at the dining room table on my dad and me. As I told you, her trademark line was, use your common sense. What rings true? What Now go to bed and clean your room, Brett. Uh... Just got to keep it a little light here. And by the way, I just noticed this, but what the hell is Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano uh, doing at this hearing? I see her poking out her uh, her head, um, you know, kind of beyond Brett's uh, shoulder. Maybe I'll maybe I'll move the maybe I'll move the lower third of myself over uh over over her over her face. I I I can't stand it when when celebrities uh interject on these things. Here, let me fix. Okay, yeah, it's it's not that neat, and my ADD will probably kick in, and I'll move it back to the corner. But for right now, I'm happy cover. I'm I'm happy covering uh, her face. Brian's gonna read. Brian's gonna re read, read into that. I just, I just know it. It's false. Her trademark line is a good reminder, as we sit here today, some 36 years after the alleged event occurred, when there is no corroboration, and indeed it is refuted by the people allegedly there. After I have been in the public arena for 26 years without even a hint, a whiff of an allegation like this. This is another point I've brought up. Okay, he's been in, he's been in the federal, he's been in the federal criminal justice system since the 90s. He was in the Bush administration. Alright, that's pretty high up. Like, even if you're not a Supreme Court justice, that is pretty damn high up to work for the President of the United States. I, I do remember seeing clips of him now that I think about it, of him, like, behind Bush. So, he was definitely prominent enough in the past, and if this allegation were true, why didn't it, why didn't it come out 15 years ago? or 10 years ago, or 5 years ago. He's been in positions of power before. This isn't like his first position of power. You've, you've, gotta, you've gotta be a pretty heavy hitter in, in order to even be considered by the Supreme Court. And obviously he is. But uh, I've been making this point all week. When my nomination to the Supreme Court was just about to be voted on 
at a time when I'm called evil by a Democratic member of this committee, while Democratic opponents of my nomination say people will die if I am confirmed. Jeff. This onslaught of last-minute allegations does not ring true. I'm not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. But I have never done this to her or to anyone. That's not who I am. It is not who I was. I am innocent of this charge. I intend no ill will to Dr. Ford and her family. The other night, Ashley and my daughter Liza said their prayers. And little Liza, all 10 years old, said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. It's a lot of wisdom from a 10 year old. We mean, we mean no ill will. First, let's start with my career. Yeah, this, uh, Alana in the chat says this got me. This got, this got me too, Alana. I mean, I've seen enough now to where it, it doesn't get me anymore, but hearing it, uh, on Thursday, I mean, I, I was, I was on, uh, my campus heading to the, uh, library. I, I had my ear pods and I, I was, folks, I, I listened to this testimony, uh, parts of it throughout the day, uh, in between classes. I watched some of it on my break, but I mainly listened to the thing on, like, internet radio. And, uh, that part actually caused me to, uh, you know, stop what I, w what I was doing. Just stop dead in my tracks. It was, uh, that part was that powerful. If, oh, and by the way, if, uh, you know, if, if they're saying that Kavanaugh is acting, which is what some of the left, lefties are doing, okay, let's, if you want to go ahead and play that game, we can go ahead and say that Ford is acting. She's the one who's not even crying during her testimony. I can see, I can see tears rolling up in his eyes more so than, than hers. If you want to compare notes on that, let's compare notes. For the last 26 years, since 1992, I've served in many high-profile and sensitive government positions for which the FBI has investigated my background six separate times. Six separate FBI background investigations over 26 years. All of them after the event, event alleged. It sounds like he he wanted to say, and, and I'm I'm partially joking, but I'm also partially being serious. It sounds like he was trying to start stifle an f bomb there. Like he wanted to say, they've investigated me six fucking six different you know fucking times. Obviously, he, which is which is what I which is what I would have said if I were in his. Position. I mean, he came off really composed. I would have been, 
I would have been more frazzled than this, which is why, despite what everyone's, everyone keeps telling me I should, I should go to law school, you know, or something like that. Folks, I mean, I, I can be pretty charismatic and, you know, pretty composed on some things, um, like economics and policy and what and whatnot, but, but when it <coughs> comes to the, to the culture wars and whatnot, which is what this is, this is part of the culture wars, I, I can't, I, I just can't deal with crap like this, so this is why, this right here is why I'm more into media and commentary than I am into law school and whatnot, but this is, this is why I'm going into, into broadcasting and whatnot, as, as opposed to law. So there you have it. I'm not that composed. I, I wish I could be under stress like that, but uh, I'm not. Here. I have been in the public arena and under extreme public scrutiny for decades. Million dollars for people to report evidence of sexual wrongdoing, and it worked. Our association investigation. 31 hours of here weekend because I believe everyone worked and had jobs in the summers Okay, I skipped uh, Through basically his, his resume, which is pretty impressive, but it's not really Jermaine this this part though. Let me let me skip back a little bit He goes it he goes over the fact that he basically had a like a Folks, he had a lawn mowing business when he was in high school, and he he basically because he was a small business owner, and when he had his lawn mowing business, he kept a uh, you know a planner and an agenda. He kept copious records of all of his events in his life. And uh, boy, after this, I'm starting to think I'm going to utilize my calendar on my iPhone a lot more now because uh, it could end up saving my ass one of these days. So. Had one beer at the party, but she does not say how she got to the house in question or how she got home or whose house it was. Fourth, I've submitted to this committee detailed calendars recording my activities in the summer of 1982. Why did I keep calendars? My dad started to keeping de detailed calendars of his life in 1978. He did so as both a calendar and a diary. It's a very organized guy to put it mildly. Christmas time, we sit around and he regales us with old stories. Old milestones, old weddings, old events from his calendars. In ninth grade, 
In ninth grade in 1980, I started keeping calendars my own. For me also, it's both a calendar and a diary. I've kept such calendars diaries for the last 38 years. Mine are not as good as my dad's in some years. And when I was a kid, the calendars are about what you would expect from a kid. Some goofy parts, some embarrassing parts. But I did have the summer of 1982 documented pretty well. The event described by Dr. Ford presumably happened on a weekend because I believe everyone worked and had jobs in the summers. And in any event, a drunken early evening event of the kind she describes presumably happened on a weekend. If it was a weekend, my calendars show that I was out of town almost every weekend night before football training camp started in late August. The only weekend nights that I was in D.C. were Friday, June 4, when I was with my dad at a pro golf tournament. and had my high school achievement test at 8.30 the next morning. I also was in D.C. on Saturday night, August 7th, but I was at a small gathering at Becky's house in Rockville with Matt, Denise, Lori, and Jenny. Their names are all listed on my calendar. I won't use their last names here. And then on the weekend of August 20 to 22nd, I was staying at the Garretts with Pat and Chris as we did final preparations for football training camp that began on Sunday the 22nd. As the calendars confirm, that weekend before a brutal football training camp schedule was no time for parties. So let me emphasize this point. If the party described by Dr. Ford happened in the summer of 1982 on a weekend night, my calendar shows all but definitively that I was not there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why keeping a calendar, I'm more convinced after this, could end up saving your uh, ass and potentially your uh, reputation. Well, we're coming uh, towards the end of our show, but before we do, I want to uh, I want to finish off, uh, you know, the show with something that I think was just well. There's no other way to describe it other than the fact that it was totally fucking awesome, folks. I'm not a big fan of uh, Lindsey Graham. In the past, he's kind of seemed like a uh, rhino, uh, a Republican in name only. He seemed to be one of the, uh, you know, McCain's gang of five. He didn't seem too crazy about President Trump in the beginning. But I have to say, uh, you know, over the last month or two, he's really started to uh, turn around in my eyes. And, I mean, look, as a person, I've always thought he was... A decent man and uh, this is really starting to transition over into his politics as well Lindsey Graham 
if there's nothing else I can say about this uh, hearing, I would I would say that in the in this five minute clip, I'm about ready to play you. Lindsey Graham completely stole the show, in my opinion, and basically just exposed the left and the deep state for what they're doing, which is going on a complete witch hunt of Justice Kavanaugh, who, God willing, will be our next Supreme Court Justice. Are you aware that at 9.23, on the night of July the 9th, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 23 minutes after your nomination, I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan majority will do the same. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job. Do you consider that you've been through a job interview? I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would you say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden, you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it. 
like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person, the ABA. The one thing I can tell you, you should be proud of, Ashley, you should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I oh, wish you well. We've and seen I through it. I to vote for you, and I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. And that, in my opinion, is probably the highlight of this hearing and why I wanted to say it more than and on I I know that I know that you said uh that you had a uh you know that you had a mental or orgasm. Uh, I've I said the same thing at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show regarding uh this clip and boy I the what I did get to watch this on Thursday and I could not stop smiling ear to ear from uh you know, seeing it. So, bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, what have we learned? Well, we've learned that the deep state is actively trying to uh, subvert and derail Kavanaugh's confirmation. We've also learned, as I read earlier for you, that Blase Ford is an employee and therefore a shill for a massive pharmaceutical company, which is probably doing backroom deals in Washington, D.C. That's something that a lot of uh, media, well, it's not even in conservative media, we'll talk about. That's the primary motivation, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I think they're the ones behind this, honestly, the ones funding this, and, uh, you know, another thing we've learned, it's it's good to have Lindsey Graham back. Oh, also, we've learned that Kavanaugh, I didn't have the clip of this, but Kavanaugh likes beer. And uh, I can assure you, Justice Kavanaugh, that once I get done with this show and the American Watchmen Roundtable, which uh, we'll be talking about this topic again after this uh, show, um... I'll be headed over there, but I, I can guarantee you after this uh, show, I'll be cracking a nice uh, cold yingling for uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Alright folks, uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios, thanks for watching and or listening if you're on the audio podcast. I want to thank you so much. All of the show notes in the description below for the audio podcast and... Uh, in the archive and the show on the for the show description on YouTube. Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, I want to thank all of you who tuned into my uh, tribute to my 
friend uh, Leo Stratton last week. Uh, boy, we've had two very intense weeks here on, on, the, on the program. Uh, thank you to all of you who uh, contributed to his GoFundMe uh, pay, pay, page. The link is still up there on the uh, show notes for that pro- program. And uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to this program tonight. I'll be back uh, next week, 8, t- 8 or 8.30, uh, same bad channel, same uh, bad time. From all of us here at NGC Studios, good night, God bless, God save this great nation, and the American Wa- Watchman Roundtable is coming up next. folks i want to thank you so very much for tuning in to this week's podcast if you like what you've heard please give us a five-star rating on itunes and share with your family and friends thank you for listening to the podcast and i'll see you next episode